you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, November 22nd, 2021. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to break down what the Orioles did at the Rule 5 draft protection deadline on Friday evening. The Orioles decided to protect six players from the Rule 5 draft and add them to the 40-man roster. They also claimed a player off waivers, getting their current 40-man roster to 39 players. And on this episode, I'm going to break down each of the six players that the Orioles added to the 40-man, talk about the reason why they were added and what kind of impact they could have in Baltimore next season. Then I'll take a look at the players who were not added, and we will talk about what chances each of those guys have of potentially being drafted by another team in the Rule 5 draft, and on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely it is that those guys are not in the organization because they are picked in the Rule 5 draft here in a couple of weeks. And then at the end of the pod, we'll get to some Orioles news and notes, including the player they claimed off waivers this week, and also a former Oriole who has found a new home in free agency. But that is all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. And before we do get to that, just have to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked On Orioles is free and available on all podcast platforms. And remember, Locked On Orioles, it's the only Orioles podcast out there bringing you daily content Monday through Friday, even in the offseason, even in November, covering exclusively the Baltimore Orioles. So if you're liking what you're hearing on the pod, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast listening platform of choice. And especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure if you can uh, just get you know 30 to 60 seconds at some point, give us a rating and a review on the Apple Podcasts app. That really, really helps out the pod and helps me to continue to bring you daily Orioles content even here throughout the the off season. But again, we thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And your first listen today, well, it's going to be about that 40-man roster protection deadline that came up on Friday evening. The Orioles had to decide which prospects they were going to protect from the Rule 5 draft and add to the 40-man roster and which guys they weren't and were going to leave maybe susceptible to being picked by another team in the Rule 5 draft. Now, you know, these rules, which we've talked about on the podcast, have to do with how many years you spend in the organization when you become eligible for the Rule 5 draft. So not every prospect is eligible. For example, Adley Rutschman, not eligible yet for the Rule 5 draft. Grayson Rodriguez, not eligible yet for the Rule 5 draft. So they didn't have to add those guys. But some of the other good prospects, they did. And the Orioles decided to add six players to the 40-man roster on Friday evening. And along with claiming Lucius Fox, the infielder from the Kansas City Royals, who we'll get to in a bit, they actually ended up adding seven players in total to the 40-man on Friday alone, which grew the number from 32 to 39 players on the Orioles' current 40-man roster. So first, let's talk about the six players who the Orioles did add to the 40-man, why they did that, and how those guys could help the Baltimore Orioles at the major league level in 2022. So let's start with the guys who everybody and their mothers and their sisters and brothers and cousins and pets and knew that the Orioles were going to add to the 40-man. First, it is D.L. Hall, the most obvious choice of the players who was eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Hall, 
the 23-year-old left-handed pitcher who is the number three prospect in the Orioles system, their number one left-handed pitching prospect, and the former first-round pick of the O's, 21st overall in the 2017 draft out of Valdosta High School in Georgia. Of course, Hall had a great season at AA this year with Bowie, made seven starts, had a 3-1-3 ERA in 31 and two-thirds innings, struck out 56 batters, walked 16, and allowed just 11 runs on 16 hits in that stretch. But as we know, Hall did go down with an injury after those seven starts at AA Bowie, and essentially by mid-June, he was done for the year. Uh, there was thought that he might be able to come back, but you know, a couple, maybe a month after the injury, we knew he was done for the season. Did not compete in the Arizona Fall League either. Just the other day, actually, just at the end of last week, D.L. Hall began throwing once again, and he is looking to hopefully be back and ready to go for spring training in 2022. But of course, D.L. Hall, he was the easy selection here. I mean, Hall is potentially going to start the year in double-A next year just because he only got those seven starts in Bowie. But he should fairly quickly be in triple-A in 2022, and he could be knocking on the big league door by the end of next season. But with Hall being such an elite prospect, he is a consensus top 100 prospect in baseball, you have to protect him. Because even if, you know, coming off the injury and the fact that he's only thrown 32 double-A innings, you know, even with all of that, a team is still going to take him in the Rule 5 draft if they see him, even if they don't think he's major league ready. You can force him up there. You can try to get him on the injured list just to have a pitcher like D.L. Hall end up in your organization. Obviously, Hall was one of the no-brainer choices. The next no-brainer choice was Kyle Bradish, who the Orioles also added to the 40-man roster. Bradish, the 25-year-old right-handed pitcher who the Orioles acquired in the Dylan Bundy trade a couple years ago from the Angels after the Angels took him in the fourth round of the 2018 draft out of New Mexico State. And Bradish, in his first year in the Orioles system in terms of playing minor league baseball, was pretty good this year for the Orioles. He started the year at AA Bowie. He made three starts in Bowie and was dominant. Did not allow a run on seven hits over 13 and two-thirds innings. Struck out 26 batters and walked five. And the O's said, okay, he's too good for AA. They bumped him up to AAA Norfolk. It was a little bit bumpy at the beginning there in AAA, but he settled in. His Norfolk stats, 21 games, a 4-2-6 ERA, and 86 and two-thirds innings at the AAA level. He struck out 105 batters, walked 39, allowed 85 hits in that time, had a 1.4 whip, and was really, really good down the stretch for the Orioles. Now, Bradish was number two easy add because for Kyle Bradish, he is on track to definitely make his Major League debut at some point in 2022. I think he's probably going to start the year in the AAA rotation. Uh, I think there's a chance that him, Hall, and Rodriguez are 1-2-3 in the Tides rotation uh, to start the year next year, which is going to be super exciting to watch at the beginning of the season. But if Bradish pitches well again, you know, in the first month or two at AAA next year, he is a good candidate to, you know, by June, be up with the Orioles. And that's why he was another easy add because, you know, he's a top 10 prospect now for the O's, came over in the Bundy trade. And because he's 25 and pretty much Major League ready, another team would have taken him number one in the Rule 5 draft had he been available and stuck him into their rotation next year. And I think by June or July, Bradish will be in the Orioles rotation at the Major League level. And then there was a third obvious pick for the Orioles to add to the 40-man, and they did that as well. That was Taron Vavra, who the Orioles added to the 40-man roster as well. Taron Vavra is a 24-year-old infielder 
who the Orioles acquired in trade with the Rockies last year at the deadline where they sent Michael Givens over to Colorado. Favre was a third-round pick of the Rockies in 2018 out of Minnesota where he played his college baseball. And Vavra this year was mainly a double-A player, played 48 games in the minors. We'll get to why in just a second. But 40 of those games came with double-A buoy. He hit 248 with a 388 on-base percentage, a 430 slugging. He had five home runs, 10 doubles in that time, and 818 OPS with the Bay Sox. But the issue was there was an injury to Taron Vavra this season, which is why he only played 48 minor league games. He had a back injury and a hip injury that he dealt with during the season, but he is going to be healthy for spring training next year, no doubt about that. Uh, but it did keep him out, and he only played in the 48 games. But for Vavre, you know, you can look at it one way, like, oh, you know, he only played 40 double-A games. He was hurt most of the year. Would a team take him? I think they would. For Taron Vavre, he's already 24, and he's shown he can hit at every single level when he was in the Rockies organization as well. He can play a multitude of positions, both in the infield and in the outfield. A team would take him as a bench bat in the Rule 5 draft, and uh, he is a top you know, 20 prospect now with the Orioles, and that was another easy add. Next guy the Orioles added, I won't say was as easy of a selection, wasn't you know a big-time no-brainer like the other three were, but what I will say is that, you know, with what the Orioles gave up to get Kevin Smith, it was not a shock that they protected him on the 40-man roster as well. Smith is a 24-year-old left-handed pitcher who the Orioles acquired in a trade with the Mets last year at the trade deadline when they sent Miguel Castro to New York. Smith was taken in the seventh round by the Mets in the 2018 draft out of Georgia, and he was fantastic, as we've talked about in the Mets system, was the 2019 New York Mets Minor League Pitcher of the Year. And he comes over to Baltimore, and in his first minor league season, he starts at Bowie and dominated. He made six starts with the Bay Sox, and in 26 innings had a 1.04 ERA, struck out 37 batters, walked just 10, allowed 18 hits on just three earned runs. And so they moved him up to AAA Norfolk, but things did not go well for Smith at AAA Norfolk. 16 appearances, 15 starts for the Tides down the stretch. He had a 6.23 ERA in AAA. In 56 and a third innings, he did strike out 68 batters, which is a really good number, but he walked 49 batters, which is by far the highest walk rate of his career. He gave up 41, or excuse me, 56 hits in those 56 and a third innings on 41 runs as well, allowed 14 home runs at AAA, and he did get hit around. Now, the strikeout numbers, still good. You know, you're still looking at 11 Ks per nine, but he was at eight walks per nine. He could not throw strikes at times at Norfolk, which worried the Orioles, and it made it a little bit more of a discussion about protecting him to the 40-man roster this offseason. But Ultimately, you know, he got to AAA. He has AAA experience. The plan is for him to start the year at AAA again in 2022. And for Smith, he was still fantastic with the Mets. You know, he was still a, a big prospect that came back from Miguel Castro. And I think a team would potentially take a flyer on him and maybe try to turn him into a, you know, major league one inning left-handed reliever next year to keep him around if they took him in the Rule 5 draft. So I think a good decision by the Orioles to keep Kevin Smith. So those were the four guys who who most people thought you know the Orioles would protect. Now, the other two that they did were a little bit more interesting. And the first one, I was a huge fan of this protection as the Orioles added Felix Bautista 
to their 40-man roster, who was one of the guys that I predicted as well that the Orioles would add. Bautista, 26-year-old right-handed reliever in the Orioles system, who was just absolutely dominant as he really just jumped up the system throughout 2021. He finished 2019 at Aberdeen and Delmarva. In 2021, he started at High A Aberdeen. He had a 1-2-0 ERA in 15 innings with 28 strikeouts. So they sent him to Bowie. At Bowie, he pitched 13 in the third innings. He had a .68 ERA, 24 Ks in those 13 innings. So they said, let's send him to Norfolk. In Norfolk, finished the year there. A 2.45 ERA in 18 and a third innings. He struck out 25, walked just nine, allowed just 11 hits. It all came together between three levels this year for Bautista. 46 and two-thirds innings, a 1.54 ERA, 77 strikeouts. That is 15 Ks per nine this year at the minor league level for Felix Bautista. For a guy who ended at low A at age 24 in 2019, a guy who was originally signed by the Marlins, was in their system as a teenager, and then came over to the Orioles. And, you know, we really didn't consider him as a prospect. Then he was kind of the breakout relief pitcher in the Orioles system in 2021. And at age 26, he's a big, you know, listed at 6'5", 190. He's probably about 6'8", 250 when you watch him pitch. Huge right-hander out of the Dominican Republic. And you see his stuff. It's a fastball. 96, 97, 98, and above when he throws it with a pretty good breaking ball to go with it as well. And for Felix Bautista, a fantastic year that ended with great numbers at AAA. He is ready for the big leagues. And I would not be surprised one bit if Felix Bautista is in the Orioles bullpen on the opening day roster in 2022. And that is why you add him to the 40-man because also Bautista, a guy that would have easily been picked in the Rule 5 draft, 26-year-old reliever, throws almost 100, has had a good AAA season ready for the bigs. That's one of the easiest pickups to make in the Rule 5 draft. I think he's going to be on the opening day roster and I'm excited to see Bautista in the major leagues. But the last of the six players that the Orioles added was honestly a shocker. And so much of a shocker that when I, you know, have talked about this a couple of times and previewed, you know, what the Orioles would do in terms of protecting players, this guy wasn't even someone who I even mentioned was a possibility of being kept. And that is Logan Gillespie, a 24-year-old right-handed reliever who the Orioles actually signed this season to a minor league deal. This was his first year in the Orioles system. He started his pro career in Indie Ball in 2017. Then he was signed by the Brewers, pitched in their organization at Rookie Ball and Low A in 2018 and 2019. Then he was a minor league free agent again, and the Orioles just signed him this year, brought him in, not even at the beginning of the season, just to see what he had. And he had some good stuff, let me tell you. He went to Aberdeen first at high A, and in 11 appearances there, 14 and a third innings, he had a 3.77 ERA, struck out 16 batters, walked just three in 14 and a third. So the Orioles said, all right, how about double A? In Bowie, the numbers weren't as good, but the strikeout stuff was still there. 27 and a third innings in Bowie. He did have a 5.60 ERA. But he struck out 36 batters and walked just eight in those 27 innings at double A. And the Orioles were intrigued. You know, the fastball is 96 to 98 with a pretty good breaking ball to go with it from the right-hander. So the Orioles sent him to the Arizona Fall League where, again, he was hit around a bit. He allowed 14 runs in 14 innings, but he struck out 18 batters in 14 innings. And the O's really like his stuff. 
And yes, he is a surprising add because he was a you know minor league free agent signing by the Orioles kind of mid-season this year. And you know he got to Bowie and the ERA wasn't great, gave up a lot of hits, a lot of runs. Nobody really knows what's going on. But then we got to see him pitch in the Arizona Fall League. And we got to see why the Orioles added him. A fastball, you know, 97, 98, uh, a, you know, a breakaway slider that, you know, is off the table swing and miss pitch. He pitches with conviction. He pitches with energy on the mound, pitches with confidence, has plus plus stuff. Now, you know, he's got to get those those hits per nine down. But the strikeouts are high, the walks are low, and the stuff is electric. I honestly think at the end of the day, this is a solid reliever for the Orioles. And the fact that they went kind of off script to add Logan Gillespie tells me that just like Bautista, the Orioles are prepared to have him in the Major League bullpen on opening day in 2022. So don't be surprised if he is a big riser in spring training and he is in that O's pen on opening day. It's definitely a surprising ad, but you get it when you watch Gillespie pitch uh, on the Locked On Orioles Twitter account, retweeted multiple videos of him pitching in the Arizona Fall League Championship game uh, the other night. The stuff looks really, really good and uh, excited to see this guy who Mike Elias essentially found out of nowhere and now is going to be in the big leagues in 2022. So that's who the Orioles put on the 40-man roster, adding six players to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. But there's an even bigger group of players who did not get added who are now potentially available in the Rule 5 draft. And coming up next, we're going to talk about each of those guys who uh, you know, could be in limbo in terms of their time with the Orioles. And we will look at each player and talk about their chances of potentially getting picked up by another team in the Rule 5 draft. That's coming up after this. So we'll get to talking about the players that the Orioles did not protect on their 40-man roster here in just a second. But first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies. By package. So the Orioles decided on Friday to keep six players on their 40-man roster, adding them to the roster and protecting them from being selected in the Rule 5 draft. Of course, it was D.L. Hall, Kyle Bradish, Taryn Vavra, Kevin Smith, Felix Bautista, and Logan Gillespie. So the next part we need to get to is, who did the Orioles leave off the 40-man roster and therefore leave open to potentially being selected by another team in the Rule 5 draft. Of course, the Rule 5 draft is scheduled for early December, and if we get a lockout starting on December 1st, we're not going to have that Rule 5 draft, but at this point, we're assuming it's going to take place as scheduled. And so here are some of the names that the Orioles did leave open to potentially being selected in the Rule 5. And remember, the Rule 5 rules are that you know you, if you pick the player, he has to stay either on your major league roster or on the injured list for the entirety of the next season to then 
keep the player. So here's some of the biggest names that the O's left off. And I think probably the top name uh, that the Orioles did not add was Robert Newstrom. Of course, Newstrom, the outfielder who finished his year with AAA Norfolk this season. And I would say Newstrom has, you know, a fairly high chance I would think of getting picked in the Rule 5 draft. Not 100%, but wanted to go on a little scale with all these players. 1 to 10 in terms of how likely they are to get picked by another team in the Rule 5 draft. 1 being basically not going to happen, and 10 being I can almost guarantee that another team is going to at least select them. So let's start with Robert Newstrom, 25-year-old outfielder, left-handed hitter, Orioles fifth-round pick out of Iowa in 20. 18. This year in Bowie, 62 games, hit 284 with seven homers and 15 doubles and an 831 OPS. Moved up to Norfolk where the numbers went down a bit, 64 games, nine homers, 232 average, 748 OPS with 16 doubles. Newstrom was a guy who a lot of people predicted that the Orioles would add to the 40-man roster to protect him because he was one of the breakout prospects in 2021 in the minor leagues, but the O's did not. And I think some of that has to do with just the plethora of outfielders that the Orioles have. You look at the big league roster right now, you know, you have Mullins and Hayes locking up two spots. You still have Anthony Santander. You still have DJ Stewart on that team. You have Ryan McKenna there, of course. And uh, and then you have, you know, Yusniel Diaz, who is still on the 40-man roster looking for a shot. And you have Kyle Stowers, who was, you know, your co-player of the year in the minors this year and will be knocking on the major league door next season. So either way, it's going to be tough for Newstrom to really find those at bats and I think the Orioles thinking on Robert Newstrom was they would love to keep him in the system they would love to have him play for the Orioles one day but I think the thinking was you know that's the Orioles deepest position right now on the 40-man roster is the outfield with more guys coming obviously like Kyle Stowers and you know in the last two drafts they took an outfielder with their first pick of course in Heston Kerstad and then in Colton Kowser so the Orioles are very deep at that position and I think they just figured they'll take their chances with Robert Newstrom. In terms of him getting selected, uh, I would say probably a six. I'll put it as a six on the scale. So I would say leaning towards him being selected by someone. Obviously, if the National League has the DH next year, which we all expect, uh, that gives a little more leeway for Newstrom, who is kind of a, a solid at best defensive outfielder, but obviously with a really good bat, an NL team could take him and, and use him as DH as well. Left-handed hitter with crazy big power, you know, and, and has had success at AAA, already 25 years old. I think he's pretty much ready to play at the big league level. I think someone definitely could take him. Next guy who I know a lot of people had on their prediction list uh, was Nick Vespi, who the Orioles did not protect in the upcoming Rule 5 draft. Vespi, left-handed reliever, 26 years old, who was an 18th round pick of the Orioles in 2015 out of Palm Beach State College. Now, Vespi was available last year in the Rule 5 draft and was not taken, but this year was his breakout year in the system. Started the year at Bowie, had a 1-4-2 ERA in 19 innings with the Bay Sox. Then he got hurt. He came back. He went to Norfolk and the ERA was not good. 19 and two-thirds innings for the Tides. Had a 6.86 ERA. But the lefty had 25 strikeouts to just eight walks in those right around 20 innings. And the strikeout stuff was really good. Good fastball, sweeping, put-away slider from the left side. 
And he dominated in the Arizona Fall League. Vespi was one of those guys who went to the AFL this fall. He pitched 14 and a third innings for the Mesa Solar Sox, which won the Arizona Fall League championship. Had a 2-5-1 ERA in that stretch, allowed just 11 hits in 14 and a third, struck out 17 batters while walking seven in that stretch, showed some really good stuff out of the bullpen. For Nick Vespi, I would actually say of all the players, he has the highest chance of being selected. I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10 potentially being selected, and I'll tell you why. He's a left-handed reliever who spent a good amount of time at AAA. 26 years old already, is ready to go in terms of stuff at the big league level. And because he just competed on that stage at the Arizona Fall League, a lot of teams got to see him late in the year and see him have, you know, arguably more success than he had in the minors with the Orioles this season. And I just think because he's a reliever, it's easier to hide relievers on your roster as Rule 5 picks. And I think Vespi could potentially be gone. And it could be a Zach Pop situation uh, with the Orioles, just like when uh, he was taken and not returned in last year's Rule 5 draft. Now, those are probably the two most likely uh, to get picked by other teams, and also I think the two most surprising guys who are not placed on the 40-man roster. Next guy I wanted to talk about is Blaine Knight, who uh, was eligible for the Rule 5 draft, and the Orioles did not protect him. Now, Knight, of course, was a fairly high draft pick by the Orioles, third-round pick in 2018 out of Arkansas for the 25-year-old right-hander, who, if you remember, had that disastrous year uh, at Frederick in 2019, but he bounced back this year. You know, he went to Aberdeen, dominated early, got moved up to Bowie. He was so-so in Bowie. He had a 5-0-4 ERA in 44 innings, but he did have 44 strikeouts to just 15 walks, and uh, he got called up to Norfolk at the end of the year, but the Norfolk numbers were very concerning. It was 23 and a third innings at Norfolk. He had an 8.49 ERA. He struck out only 11 batters, walked 12, and allowed 33 hits in those 23 and a third innings with the Tides. He was really not good at the AAA level, and that is why, solely that, I think why the Orioles did not choose to protect him. Obviously, they still think Knight can be a, a major league pitcher. You know, They used a, a third-round draft pick on him in 2018. Now, you do have to remember he was not a Mike Elias pick. He was a Dan Duquette pick, but he's got good stuff. He's got a lively fastball with a solid breaking ball. But because he had so much trouble at AAA, I think Knight starts the year in Norfolk in 2022. And I think he might spend the whole year in Norfolk, to be honest, unless he turns things around. And other teams are going to look at what he did at AAA. I don't think they're going to take a chance on Blade Knight. I would put him at about a 3 out of 10 in terms of chances he is picked in the Rule 5 draft. I think he's back with the Orioles, and I think that's you know that, that struggle at AAA is why the O's did not protect him. Another guy who the Orioles chose not to protect is Cody Sedlock, and this is actually the third straight year that Sedlock has been technically available for the Rule 5 draft. The Orioles have not protected him, and the last two years, nobody has picked him. Of course, Sedlock, 26-year-old right-handed pitcher who the Orioles took in the first round with the 27th overall selection in the 2016 draft out of Illinois, and he's had his struggles, he's had his injury issues, but he went to the bullpen in Bowie in 2019 for a bit. Stuff looked good. Came back to Bowie this year, had a 4-6-0 ERA with the Bay Sox as a starter again in 63 innings, had 67 strikeouts. So they moved him up to AAA, and they actually moved up Knight and Sedlock to AAA at the same time. But Sedlock had way more success 
He had in 30 and a third innings a 4.45 ERA for the Tides. In those 30 innings, struck out 33 batters, walked just 12, and his stuff overall just looked a lot better than Blaine Knight's. Obviously, you know he's a little bit older, a little more seasoned in the Orioles system. But in terms of him being picked, um, honestly, you know I'll give him a little better chance than the Knight. So I'll say about a three and a half to a four out of ten that he gets picked, just because he was better at AAA. Um, and is a little bit older. I give him a little better shot than Blade Knight of being picked, but it's kind of the same thing. He still hasn't shown that big, big success at the upper levels of the minors. And because he's been passed over twice already in the Rule 5 draft, I'm not sure that he would get picked a third time. I think he'll get passed over again, and I think the O's could keep him. And I do think Sedlock, if he pitches well at AAA Norfolk, has a shot. You know, I think this could be maybe one of the last years, but I think he's got a good shot to maybe finally get to the big leagues with the O's in 20. 22. Now, after those guys, there's a couple more names that are probably just worth it to mention. Ofelki Peralta uh, was not protected. He was a guy who had basically fallen off a cliff as a prospect the last couple of years, but made his way from Aberdeen all the way up to Norfolk this year as a starting pitcher. Again, the stuff isn't crazy electric, but it's good enough to get him there after it looked like his career might have been over a couple years ago because of ineffectiveness at the low levels of the minor leagues. But Peralta is a bit older, and it was only one season, and I just don't see another team taking a a chance on him. I'll put him as the same as Knight, 3 out of 10, uh, the potential for him to get picked. Another guy is Patrick Dorian, who was kind of the... You know, one of the breakout stars for the Orioles in the system this year, who they brought over in a minor league trade a couple of years ago, had those great numbers at Bowie all year as a third baseman, 25 years old, uh, got moved up and played a couple of weeks at AAA Norfolk right at the end of the season. And for Dorian, you know, I think for the Orioles, even though he had such a fantastic season at AA and he is older and he does play the infield where the Orioles need some help at the major league level, it just was not worth adding Dorian. You know, this is his first really good minor league season. And I think Dorian's a guy where if another team wants to take him in the Rule 5 draft, they can go ahead and take him and stick him in the infield and see what he can do with the majors. I think the Orioles, you know, this was a a guy who they didn't draft who kind of just broke out for them. It was kind of a nice surprise. And they're not really counting on having Patrick Dorian or needing anything from Patrick Dorian. So I think they're maybe okay with him getting taken. Um, I'll put him, you know, because he does play a a position and can play multiple positions and is a little bit older, I'll say he's a a 4 out of 10 on potential of being selected. I don't see it happening, though. And to be honest, I think he'll be back. It'll be a starting infielder in AAA for the O's next year. We'll really get to see, you know, can he be a future Major League player? Another guy is Caden Grenier. Um, He is, of course, a shortstop the Orioles took out of Oregon State a couple of years ago. Really good defender. The bat has been there at times, but overall it's not there. I don't see him being taken at all. I give him a 1 out of 10. I think it was a no-brainer for the Orioles not to protect him. Uh, There's a couple more guys. Brett Cumberland, Greg Cullen. I think they're pretty safe to stay in the Orioles system. And then the last guy I I did want to touch on that a lot of people have have talked about, and I'm a little confused as to why, is Adam Hall, who you know I saw more than a few people's predictions, including Adam Hall being protected on the 40-man roster. Now, of course, the Orioles did not protect Hall. He's been a a guy talked about a lot, obviously. The Orioles took him in the second round back in 2017 out of Ontario, drafted him right from the Lucas Secondary School in Ontario, Canada. And, you know, a guy who was born in Bermuda, played in Canada, came to the Orioles system. And after, you know, a couple of really good years in the system, 2018 in Aberdeen, 2019 in Delmarva, he kind of hit a wall this year 
in Aberdeen. Went to high A Aberdeen. You know, he was hurt for a bit of the year. He only played in 81 games this season. Hit just 248, had a slugging of just 337, a 672 OPS. All those numbers were the worst of his career, had only three home runs. The speed was still there. He was 26 out of 27 stealing bases. He, you know, is now 82 out of 97 stealing bases in his minor league career. And again, he's very young. You know, he's still 22 years old. He won't even turn 23 uh, until late May of next year. But that's really the reason why I was so surprised that people thought he would be protected. You know, he's only 22 years old. His highest level is high A ball, and he struggled in high A in 2021. He plays good defense, and he's a really good base runner really fast. But if he showed this year he had trouble hitting high A pitching, nobody is going to put him on their major league roster in 2022 and it may be different if he was 25 years old and he was you know struggling at double a buoy but he had all these other tools and was a former second round pick maybe a team would say well with age we can you know still develop him and get him here but at age 22 i just think in general he's not ready anywhere for the big leagues and especially not you know after a, a disappointing season where you know the bat really took a step back when he got to Aberdeen this year there's still a lot of room for him to develop i'm not calling him a bust at all as a prospect again he was drafted at age 17 by the Orioles i mean he's he's 22 years old now and you know he still has a whole lot of developing to do but you know i am just a little puzzled by why adam hall was on people's list and honestly i put him at a 1 out of 10 on potential of getting picked in the Rule 5 draft. I think he's safely back in the system next year. I honestly think the Orioles will send him right back to high A Aberdeen for his age 23 season, let him work through whatever happened this year, and the hope is that he gets to Bowie in 2022. And, you know, I don't think he'll get higher than that, but the hope is that he finishes 2022 in AA Bowie, gets a taste of that AA pitching, and then they can really evaluate him. But I honestly think out of all these guys, I mean, even the guys who I said have little to no chance of being taken, like Brett Cumberland and Greg Cullen, who still have a lot of strides to make, and the Patrick Dorians, I think all those guys have a better chance of being drafted than Adam Hall. I, I didn't even think Adam Hall would be a consideration by the Orioles, and I honestly don't think he was. Um, I mean, I said it on Twitter the other day. I think I have a better chance of being picked in the Rule 5 draft than Adam Hall. This isn't, you know, a total bashing of Adam Hall. It's just the, the fact of the matter that he had trouble hitting at high A, and he's only 22 years old. There's not a team who's going to draft him in the Rule 5 draft and try to, you know, carve out a major league roster spot for him for the entirety of next year. It's just not going to happen. There's zero chance of it. Adam Hall will be in the Orioles organization next season. But... Those are the guys who were not protected by the O's. And again, I think Newstrom and Vespi, kind of the top two guys we might have to worry about being taken in the Rule 5 draft. But here's what's important to remember. You know, the Orioles haven't had a lot of guys taken from them in the Rule 5 draft in recent years. But again, you know, we saw Zach Pop get taken and even Gray Fenter get taken last year. And, and Pop was kept by the Marlins organization. This is a good thing when this happens. Yes, it hurts sometimes to lose players that you like, but that's how you know that things are going in the right direction, that you have a good minor league system, and it's a compliment to the Orioles that other teams are taking their players that they just don't have room for on the 40-man roster. It means the Orioles are assembling a lot more talent at the minor league level, and hopefully that will come at the major league level very, very soon. But that's a look at the O's in terms of the Rule 5 draft protection deadline on Friday night as they get their 40-man roster to 39 players. They actually added, though, seven players to the 40-man roster on Friday. Six of them were Rule 5 draft protections. One was a waiver claim. We will talk about that waiver claim briefly. I'll also talk about some other Orioles news and notes on our final segment when we return. 
So we'll get back to talking Orioles in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Built Bar. And listen, this week is Thanksgiving, just three days away. And I love Thanksgiving. So many good treats, so much good food that you can eat, and, and plenty of those desserts as well. But maybe this year you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, that makes it the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it too. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. And let's be honest, pumpkin pie isn't very good. But most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. They're low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high in protein, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are delicious, unlike pumpkin pie. So go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, obviously, Friday was a big day for the Orioles, protecting the players from the Rule 5 draft. There were actually, I believe, only one team, maybe two teams in Major League Baseball that did not protect any prospects on the 40-man. Interestingly enough, one of them was the Marlins, which was really, really weird just knowing you know, how many good prospects they have and how they're building their system. That was really odd to see. But on Friday, the Orioles you know, added six prospects to their 40-man roster, but they added seven players in total because they also made a waiver claim, and it was for Lucius Fox. No, not the character from Batman, not Morgan Freeman. Lucius Fox, the baseball player. He is a 24-year-old infielder and native of the Bahamas, who the Orioles claimed off waivers on Friday from the Kansas City Royals. Now, Lucius Fox had been in the Tampa Bay Rays system for most of his career. He was there from 2017 through 2019, playing at multiple different levels where he had a lot of success. He was actually originally signed by the Giants in 2015 out of the Bahamas and played a year in their system before the Giants actually traded him to Tampa in the Matt Moore trade all the way back on August 1st of 2016. So Fox was in the Rays system for a while, putting up some good numbers in single A in 2017, in double A in 2018. And then after you know a solid double A season in 2019, he actually played a few games at triple A in 2019 at just age 21 with the Durham Bulls in the Rays system. And he had a really great year in the Arizona Fall League in 2018, was kind of the star of the Arizona Fall League that year at age 21. He hit 326 with an 821 OPS uh, in the Arizona Fall League. But uh, the Rays did not hold on to him for him to get all the way to the big leagues as he was traded to the Kansas City Royals in a deal for Brett Phillips, in August of 2020, when Casey uh, sent Phillips to the Rays, and of course he helped get the Rays to the World Series, and obviously had that huge walk-off moment in the World Series against the Dodgers as well, and is still in the big leagues with Tampa. So Fox got to Kansas City, and they put him in AAA, and the stats were solid for him. In AAA this year, 57 games with the Omaha Storm Chasers. He had a 242 batting average, 347 on base, 363 slugging. That's a 709 OPS, four homers, 14 doubles on the year, 
and uh, he was 19 out of 21 stealing bases. Now, he can play multiple different positions, has some solid defensive versatility. This year in AAA, uh, he actually ended up in his minor league season in general playing 20 games at shortstop. He played 33 games at second base. He also played eight games in center field, can play a little bit of outfield pretty solidly as well with his speed out there as well. So 24 years old, but the one thing about Lucius Fox, he has never played in a big league game. He actually got called up by the Royals on July 30th of this year, added to the Major League roster, and was on the bench for the entire game on July 30th, which was a loss to the Blue Jays in Toronto. And then Fox was sent back down to AAA after the game. He did not appear in the game. And then he did not get the call back up. So he actually was with the Major League team for one day on the roster, but never got into the game. So he still has not made his Major League debut. But that could come with the Orioles. Of course, they need uh, some infield options. And Fox is definitely interesting because he now fits in with that group of Kelvin Gutierrez, Jorge Mateo, Ramon Arias. And also a good point that's been made about this move, this could really signal the end in the coming days of Richie Martin's time with the Orioles. And Martin, a pretty even more obvious DFA candidate at this point with Fox on the roster. But we will learn a little bit more about Fox on tomorrow's episode. We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, did have to uh, congratulate a former Oriole on a new contract as Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting on Sunday evening that Pedro Severino has signed a one-year major league contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. Pedro signing a one-year $1.9 million deal with the Milwaukee Brewers uh, who bring in Pedro Severino pretty much to be their backup catcher in the 2022 season. And it was a little interesting to me because I honestly thought, you know, that Severino would struggle a bit to find a major league deal this offseason. I thought for sure he'd get plenty of minor league deal offers. Uh, but Severino, at age 28, joins the Brewers. Of course, Omar Narvaez, who had that great year as their starting catcher this year will remain the starter Severino will be his backup uh, but he will be in Milwaukee and unless things go horribly wrong for him in spring training you can expect him to be on the Brewers opening day roster as the number two catcher next year and you know he will uh, he'll play a little bit in the major league so We'll see uh, what he can do with Milwaukee, but happy for Severino that he gets to stay uh, with a guaranteed big league deal. Um, but, you know, his time was obviously up with the Orioles and a, and a no-brainer for the O's uh, when they waived him earlier this offseason. But again, Severino is with the Milwaukee Brewers. But we've got plenty of podcasts coming up this week. Now, no episode on Thursday, obviously with Thanksgiving, but we still got three more episodes through the end of the week. And that starts tomorrow when, again, we're going to learn a little bit more about Lucius Fox, the 24-year-old infielder who the Orioles claimed off waivers from the Kansas City Royals. And my friend and AAA Omaha Storm Chasers broadcaster Jake Eisenberg is going to join us on the podcast tomorrow. Of course, he called all of Fox's games in AAA this season, saw him play many a times, and is uh, a really big fan of Lucius Fox's game as well. So he'll tell us about Fox's year in AAA with the Storm Chasers this year and what he could potentially bring to the Orioles at the Major League level next season. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode of the podcast. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.